Welcome, I'm Roxanne Spring, your personal midwife after hours, celebrating and promoting wisdom and power in pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Today we get to speak to Michelle Woodward. She is an incredible provider, energy worker. She's been doing this for 18 years, folks. She is a certified professional coactive coach, a Reiki master, and newly added matrix re-imprinting practitioner. She'll not only share about her personal journey and how her healing has brought her into being a healer. Ah, Michelle Woodward, I am so grateful to have you with us today. Thank you for being on this program. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Roxanne, you bring so much joy to everything you do. And when I heard you were doing this and you invited me to be here, it was an absolute yes. <laughs> Hooray for us. <laughs> right. And we've known each other for at least a, a few years, I would say five, six. Yeah, I think so, five or six years now. Yeah. It's, it's, so yeah. It's, it's another, and yet we haven't spent a lot of time together. So from my perspective, we get to have an hour to be together and explore all these things that are so important to you and to all of us. How did you first hear and what has been your connection with midwives? in your life? Well, it's a beautiful question because I first heard about it after I had gone through a really challenging journey to fill our family. You know, if this was back in 2001 to 2008, I went through a series of pregnancies and second term miscarriages. And I was through like a traditional system. You know, the Western system is great for I think acute issues, but for things that are more chronic or just a natural process of life, it really, I don't feel it's their place. And that's my personal opinion. And, you know, going through that, it felt very disconnected. I didn't feel honored. I didn't feel supported. I really went through a lot that kind of set me up for issues later in life without being informed of those potential risks. Um, and as I was going through near the end, when we were choosing adoption, I learned about midwives. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, the world needs this. How did we get separated from this natural, beautiful process of childbirth? How did we lose these wise women to guide us on this natural journey to this amazing miracle of birth. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember when I learned about it through a friend of mine and I just started crying. I was mm -hmm. so happy for her. And I was so sad for all the women who've never had that opportunity. So since then, I really... <laughs> 
just appreciated midwives. I've been in awe of people who walk that path to usher women, the kids, the family into this amazing new phase of life called parenthood and family. Um, the other thing I know about midwives that I love is that they're not just for childbirth. Correct. You know, it's women's health. And so I really hope that that kind of becomes more known and more out there because we as women are really these remarkable beings capable of bringing life into the world. And so you think that kind of complex system has some nuances and to be supported in understanding that power and that privilege is really a huge gift to get. But I, have so much respect for the w- midwives, the women who walk that path, because they're getting to gift that knowledge back to these women and families. I also love midwife and midwifery, midwifery, <laughs> because it doesn't stop after the baby's born. Like you help them get integrated into home and get really settled into that where in the western paradigm it's like you have to go to the hospital and then once you're released you're just done you might get a phone number for a breastfeeding consultant but it's like peace out you know it's a very different model so i have a lot of respect and i kind of wish you know i had had it when i was on my journey but i see my journey was one that was leading to adoption yeah so that's kind of what I know (laughs) yes and what you know is just what we want everyone to know and that is in fact the reason of this entire program is to put in the airways the options because no one can make an informed choice when they don't know the options exactly informed choice that is such that's it You know, when you think about, when I think about midwives, I think about, you know, that preconception, preconception counseling, you know, I don't know any midwife who doesn't do that, you know, unless the person's already pregnant when they show up, but it's like really discussing, you know, the, the whys, the deeper understanding of what they're about to embark on so that it can be more intentional and what we know now about the impact of the mother's frame of mind and chemistry in her body, the, the impact of that on the fetus and their experience in life as they grow. I mean, you have a chance to really be intentional when you step inside the doors of a midwife, you know? And um, I just think it's such a critical time on the planet and we have more choice than women have ever really had. And to be able to step into that kind of field of energy mm-hmm. and have that wise, knowledgeable consultant to really address some of these things is so powerful and profound. And it's such an opportunity not to be missed. I so agree. And the whole point of it is not that the midwife is the wise and knowledgeable one but for the woman herself to recognize the wisdom that lies within her and that her ability to be connected with her source of power 
doesn't just have to talk. It, it's not just a part of getting this baby born. It's a part right. of what you step into in our world. Yeah. Oh, I just got through almost. Yes. <laughs> well, let's yeah. talk about your journey and what you bring to us besides what we've already had this tantalizing taste of. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I'm a highly sensitive soul, so my whole journey in life has been unusual and kind of heightened in my sense of it. Uh, I was I was an adopted child, so I was born to a woman who chose to relinquish me to a family, and my mom and dad that adopted me, they just really wanted a baby girl. My So that you think about, like, what leads you onto this planet. So my adopted parents, um, my father, his mother died shortly after childbirth due to an infection. That was back in the early 1900s where it was 1938 where we were still learning about, you know, hygiene, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so he was always really carrying that concern and a wound around my mom's pregnancies. My mom had a bio child five years before me, and then she had miscarriages in between. And after the second miscarriage, my dad just freaked out and was like, I don't want you pregnant anymore. Like, this is too scary. Um, it hurts a lot um, emotionally. Let's adopt. And so they adopted me. And, you know, coming into a, a family after being in a foster system for a couple months and having a fire in that foster house had, you know, that's like a lot of trauma for a two month old baby. And I think trauma really heightens our senses because it's, you need to, to survive. Mm -hmm. We're these complex human beings in these suits. Right. And mm -hmm. so I've always had this extra sensory sense and so when it came time for me to have babies, and I mean have babies, like I always imagined I'd have three, mm -hmm. and um, it was easy for me to get pregnant, mm -hmm. but it wasn't easy for me to carry the baby. Mm -hmm. um, I had five miscarriages, mm -hmm. second term, mm -hmm. uh, and they would test the babies and everything was fine. So they went, you know, they would suggest, let's have a cerclage, mm -hmm. because I had a cervix that would open prematurely and in the western world they call this an incompetent cervix <laughs> which i refuse to call because i'm sorry but no part of my body is incompetent um so uh, i would have these surgeries first you know to try and mitigate it then preemptively and you know what we didn't know then was that there's a common genetic mutation out there called the MTHFR, you know, like, just, you can say that out loud. <laughs> 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 and this mutation is um, what happens. And in my case, I have the double version of it, which means I have very little enzymes that I produce in my body to methylate folate and folate is um, the natural form of folic acid so we hear folic acid a lot in pregnancy which is a synthetic form of folate 
And what do most doctors tell people to do when they get pregnant? Up that level of folic acid. You don't want spinal bifida. But they didn't know so much about the MTHFR genetic mutation. Yeah, so, you know, at pregnancy, I'm putting all this folic acid in my body, and my body doesn't have the capacity to methylate it and use it. So it's creating this toxic pool. And I really feel like that was probably triggered the miscarriages. The other thing I want to say, just like fast, fast forward, is that after we adopted our son, I reached out to an astrologer to look at our whole family chart because I, you know, this kiddo is totally new to my life and what are the dynamics. And when she looked at my chart, she said, she didn't know that he was adopted. And she said, did you have this baby? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I adopted him. And she goes, okay, that makes more sense. And I was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. And so she looked at my chart and basically in my chart, it indicated I would never carry a pregnancy to term. And I'm thinking, wow, that would have saved me a lot of grief and heartache. But, you know, I became a whole different person in the process. So there's definitely, you know, finding people who are on the leading edge of science to understand, you know, what is going on in the body is helpful. But um, after that seven, almost eight-year journey to fill the family, we realized that we really want a child and we look to adoption. And at this point, I'm almost 40. Mm -hmm. And um, so apparently in the United States, 40-year-olds are old when people are looking at a domestic adoption. And in domestic adoption, you um, the kind of thing is you put together like a book to kind of sell yourself like a life book to, you know, pitch like a pitch deck, like we're going to be the greatest parents to your unborn child. And, um, and there's often a pullout from the birth mother, you know, in one or two of the attempts, it's not really a sure thing. And at this point, I was so broken from so many losses, so much grief, you know, the physical tool of five pregnancies and um, all those surgeries, it was just too much. I couldn't take another disappointment. So I really needed a sure thing. So we looked internationally. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we looked internationally, my husband said, hey, you know, I have my, um, what's it called, this undergrad degree in Russian history. He said, it's, I've always been fascinated with the Russian culture and Russians, and they look just like this, but we're against them, and like, what is this? And um, so anyhow, we looked into that, and we ended up adopting our son mm -hmm. from an institutionalized orphanage in Russia. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I want to back up just a little, because I know how you relate to energy is very similar in the way that I relate to energy. Yeah. And we recognize that we are all energy beings having an earthly experience. Yeah. What I would pose to you right now that each of those five conceptions were energy beings. I believe that we are here on this plane to kind of progress. 
but I've, I proposed that those particular five spirits had no need of such progression. <laughs> Absolutely. I 100% agree. And on each one, I was very clear what they came to get. You know, a couple of them came to feel wanted. Because I feel like our soul, like you are saying we progress, I'm saying we evolve. Mm -hmm. And souls drop in and check out for the time that they need. Mm -hmm. There was no real accidents, but I grew attached to them as soon as I knew they were there, right? And, um, and so, yeah, it was about teaching me, me giving to them, their little soul getting what they need during the time that they were in me. I mean, those mm -hmm. babies were so wanted and mm -hmm. so loved mm -hmm. and so tended to. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, and so I've got this whole tribe on the other side. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, you have an entire tribe. <laughs> and energetically, yeah. it's so wonderful. And I love that you speak to that. We definitely encourage and want people to recognize that the communication that you have with your baby inside is rich it's beautiful and it isn't just about them listening to you it's about you listening to them and oh yeah yeah and each one of those um pregnancies the losses really broke me yeah but i am who i am today because i walked that walk and i healed one of the most amazing experiences I had was my first miscarriage and I was taken by ambulance because it happened at home and it was pretty intense and I went to the hospital and this woman came in and um, her name was Betty and she came in and she said, I'm here for you. Mm. I am the bereavement nurse and I'm here to help you get through this. And she said, here's my job. And, and she told me, I'm going to take your baby and I'm going to get your baby all cleaned up and keep him warm. And I, we have these amazing volunteers that knit little hats and little blankets. And she said, and then when you're ready, if you're ready, you don't have to, I will bring him to you. And you cast some time with and I was just and she honored him and me mm -hmm. at such a profound level. I'm still so moved by the love mm -hmm. and the honor that I was presented with. And um it really was so huge in my ability to move through the next six years. And she was there for three of them. There was two that happened at other hospitals and those other hospitals did not. I mean, I'm sorry, her name wasn't Betty. It was Elaine. And those other two hospitals did not have an Elaine. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, all these women that are going through this that don't have an Elaine. It just, so for years, I spent time talking to people and sharing with people about you know pregnancy loss because now it's finally starting to be more out in the open and spoken about and recognized and honored 
where for so long it was such an isolating experience and there was no recognition. It was almost like, oh, well, what are you upset about? You, you know, you had a miscarriage. It was only 20 weeks or it was only six weeks or, you know, what, like somehow quantifying that because it didn't actually come out fully baked, <laughs> like mm. that it didn't matter. Mm. So it's, um, yeah, it was a profound experience. So I think bereavement mm-hmm. around pregnancy loss is so important. Um, but because of that, I was able to recognize that the grief was real and I needed to heal. I needed to address it. And I've become somewhat of a master at grief through this, mm-hmm. which has allowed me to support thousands of people in my work because we're all grieving. We have a a grief-like deficient society. In our culture here, we don't do grief very well. It's kind of like some, you know, and, it, and grief isn't just about death of a human or a baby, you know, like it's about any ending that was, that happened unexpectedly. It can be a job, it can be a friendship, it can be anything. Um, It can be kind of like some of the turmoil that's happened in our country and some of the things that are falling apart and breaking down. You know, there's just so much that we as humans that instigates grief. And so um, I guess what I'm saying is that I was someone up until the point of my pregnancies And then I was broken apart for seven, almost eight years. But I put myself back together with the help of a village, right? Like it takes a village. And I sought help and I looked at books and I worked with spiritual healers. And um, I took time, I carved out time to do that work, which isn't the most joyous work, but by doing it, you can bubble back up to joy. Yes. So, well, the thing about it is that to be a healer, you were dead. <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, uh, that is a, a statement that is recognizable. And it's because people can relate to or feel like they aren't unseen in their experience that makes them have the hope that there can be healing. Right now, yeah. hope, hope and joy. We speak of joy, and I personally, you know how I promote joy. I mean, I yes. literally <laughs> live on Lake Joy, and I promote <laughs> right. joy because it's a vibration that brings that lightness and brightness that's so needed in these dull, dark days that we are collectively experiencing I mean, here in Seattle, we experience it dramatically, you know, in the gray every day. It's like, does the sun exist, you know? (laughs) Not for a few months. (laughs) Yeah. And it is so beautiful that this is a bit about, this is a little insight into the kind of work you do. Now, tell us a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, well, you know, when I realized that everything is energy, the artist in me and the crafter in me just threw a party. So I was like, I 
to work with that. And really, when um, I work with people, I help them understand the nature of this reality that we're all experiencing. And I help them remember who they are and why they're here. And we work to bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be. And I give them tools and practices to tend that gap, to bring it more into alignment with their soul's purpose. It's not random that we're here. (laughs) Really, it's not random. And this is a major time of evolution in humanity. And so I work with people that really feel that importance to their purpose and their life here. And I help them clear the barriers and get aligned so that they can move forward with more velocity and capacity and fulfill that purpose that they came here and have a lot of fun on the way. Because just like I talked that we, you know, had a weird relationship with grief. I mean, we have a weird relationship with time (laughs) and emotions. Like, (laughs) there are just some fundamental things to human beingness that um, really pays to understand. Because otherwise, we're more at the effect of others and others' agenda. I mean, just look at advertising. They've figured out how to tap into our brain and get us to move collectively. You know, like we have a divine sovereignty that is our birthright. And so I really help bring people back to that. My client the other day said, I was referring you to someone and I didn't know what to call you. And I said, I don't even know what to call me. And she said, so what I told her was, you know, I've got this person. She's a coach, but she's a healer. But she's more than that. Just just call her and she'll make everything better. <laughs> <laughs> That's great when you can't be fit into a box, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I so appreciate the word that you used. You help people remember because that is what gets lost. That connection with our 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 power, just like we talk about for women and their and the intention of life's experiences to bring you into that full power, I have full belief that that is the intention. May not always be the result, and there may be that time, those times when people forget they're divine. They forget their connection with divine. They forget that they were born at a specific time for specific purposes. And at specific times, they might know more about those purposes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's delightful. That's delightful. Yeah, and it's so exciting because I've been doing this professionally for 18 years now. And when I first started, people were like, what's coaching? What, huh? And people, like my whole life, I've been like this, right? And so... I'm 54 right now, and, you know, 54 years ago, this was a little, like, out there. You know, Mm -hmm. people like to be in boxes, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I was not. And so as I've been coming along in my career, all of a sudden I'm super popular, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, 
And I love it because that's telling me that more and more of the population is becoming more comfortable with understanding personal power, divine sovereignty, you know, really remembering like, oh, I am more than just this suit or what people tell me or what I identify as at the moment. Um, and it's just such an exciting time to get to be alive. It is. And to foster such discoveries. I feel like the luckiest lady on the planet. You know, some people will say, oh, my gosh, don't you get so tired working with people and doing this stuff? I'm like, oh, heck no. I get so bubbly and juiced up. I mean, when I'm done at the day, my family's like, oh, my God, you're so happy. You're so up. Like, whoa, looky. <laughs> and I'm like, I just got to participate in like five people's transformation today. You know, <laughs> like, or I just got to talk to a group of 100 people and they're all like super higher vibration. Because here's the deal. Here's why I do what I do and what really excites me is because everything is energy. It's all about frequency and vibration. And all we have to do is increase our frequency or vibration and everything changes. The conversation, the thoughts, the insights, the people, the landscape, it all changes. And when I do my work, it ripples out because we are one collective heartbeat. This is one. And so although I could try really hard to go out there and manage everyone else and get everyone to try and do stuff, that would take a lot more energy if I just sit and do my own work and face my own shadows and go in and heal the places that need healing in me. And when we do that enough of us, it lifts because there's this thing in physics called entrainment. Just like when you hit it. So say there's pianos. Have you ever gone to a piano store? I can't, no, I have not gone okay. to a piano store. Well, you, you may have seen this happen, but when you're in the midst of two pianos, let's say, and you hit a key on one, the key on the other one vibrates as if it were struck. I did not know that. Yeah, and that's called entrainment. And we as humans naturally do it. So if you think about it, you walk into a room where there's just been a gnarly fight or some sort of some conflict you can feel that it's dense and you feel yourself coming down because you might have walked in there all happy and then you're like, oh, what just happened in there? Then juxtaposed to that, you are feeling a little low from the day and you walk into a room and there's a celebration. You're just naturally lifted. That is entrainment. And that's a side note why we love rocks and crystals so much. <laughs> Because rocks and crystals hold a dominant, positive vibration. And as a human, we will naturally entrain to the most dominant vibration around us. So that's why, like, if your kid's all like, Wah! you know, totally chaotic, throwing a fit or super hyper, and you sit there and you bring yourself into a state of peace, they will calm down. But if you try to manage their hyperness, you're not going to have as much success because they will entrain to you because now you're becoming the most dominant vibration in the space. Um, and uh, well, back to the crystals and rocks, 
they don't have an emotional body. So they are able to stay dominant. Mm -hmm. Whereas humans, we have this emotional body and it fluctuates. <laughs> I'm sure you've experienced that from time to time. If there's anyone and, in the listening audience that hasn't experienced it, then they are not living and breathing. <laughs> right? right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so um, I, that's why I like rocks and crystals and essential oils. Yes. You know, I essential oils, beautiful dominant vibration, high, just really having them on or in your space or a rock on or in your space helps you stay at a higher level while you're doing your work of raising your vibration. Mm -hmm. It's so true. We noticed when we first got on, actually, you called it to our attention that we were both wearing Labradorite. And I said, <laughs> oh, yes, because the Labradorite is one that really assists me with tuning into my intuition. And that is, yeah. that is so important. But I love to... I'm going to go, as I mentioned, I'm going to go to Sedona and I oh. love the different vortexes. There's only one actual certified vortex there, but there's lots of different experiences of it being a place where there's a lot of energy. Yeah. Well, the thing about that is feeling the vibrations that you speak of feeling it and in, in, um, knowing it and resonating with it. Now, some people out there may not be able to hold a stone in their hand and feel the vibration. They may not be able to smell an oil and feel the upliftedness of it. Initially, they may not. But isn't there something about tuning in to the different frequencies that you are already speaking of? Like if someone has walked in a crystal store, it might feel odd if they have not been in there. But if they allow themselves to be there and then just see what they're drawn to and get curious about why they're drawn to it, that that's, that's how I, that's how crystals entered my life. Is nice. Because it's interesting to get beyond that American culture that has so indoctrinated us, and I, I don't need to refer to it, Western, Western culture, I love that word, that has yeah. indoctrinated us to um, seeing the way, the way we want to see things is the way you're going to see them, you know, that dictated to us and things like that. So yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what happens is with all that distraction and um, kind of vying for our attention, there's a lot of noise in our field. And so the more you, you know, hold a rock or feel an oil, you will tap in. You will notice something. And when you – I love the way you go to the rock store. That's how I recommend people go because what's really cool is that when you allow yourself to be drawn to a rock or an oil and then you look up what that meaning of that rock or an oil is, you're just like <sighs> – Mind blown, because it's exactly what would support you. Exactly. What you seek is seeking you. You. Exactly. Exactly. And um, the other thing, if people really want to feel rocks, try selenite or shungite. Mm -hmm. Because those two are such high power stones. Um, often people will feel it. And so, you know, 
energy can't be seen, just like a microwave or a Wi-Fi, but it has power, right? And now there's these, you know, they're starting to recognize this more, and they're creating music with certain hertz. And it's so cool because you can put these on. So say, like for me, I have a lot of ADHD tendencies. So I use strategies to help me with my executive function. And if I need to go from right brain work into a left brain function and do some accounting or something, I turn on specific music that's for focus and concentration because I know that that's going to make my brain be able to shift over there. Um, and I think the more and more we learn how to manage these fine-tuned instruments that we are to tune out the noise, we hear the beauty of ourselves and our connection. You know, we're no longer separate. We, we're coming together with our source. And the more we practice that, the better. A main body of my work is, I call energetic hygiene. Because you think about it, you know, the turn of the 20th century, we realized how important physical hygiene was. We started washing our hands more and all that. And then in the early 30s, 1930s, we got dental hygiene. And once again, our lives were improved. And it's a 21st century, so I assert it's time to manage our energetic hygiene. Because people, we are electromagnetic fields. We collect dust. And we, the more we tend to that, you know, by simple rituals and practices that we can place on top of things we're already doing in our day-to-day, -day, wow, talk about a natural lift for your frequency and a great way to stay at a higher vibration. Because most of us want more connection, more peace, more love, more achievement, you know, like more harmony. And this is one simple way to get there. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is so wonderful for me. I am giving a speech in a contest in Toastmasters, which has just been a delight for me. And the speech nice. is entitled, Frequent Your Frequencies in the Vibration of Joy and Vibrancy Now. Oh, I love it. Because that is what I am so excited about. I know that I learned about our fields, that we had these energy fields about us many years ago. I was actually in nursing school and I had an instructor that did therapeutic touch. So she worked in the field. Now about that time, before I had that instructor working, supporting mommies in labor as a doula, I would discover at some point many of them would not want to be touched but if i used that same soothing action and i was doing it just above their body it helped them and it wasn't until <laughs> my nurse that my my instructor explained therapeutic touch and the energy field that i even understood it it didn't yeah. matter that i didn't understand it i knew it worked however exactly. understanding that it's all about the energy and you speaking to let's pay attention to the hygiene of our energy field is so yeah. important because we have so many things that will create dust 
you know, we have, when you yeah. mentioned selenite and then shurite, shurite, is that right? Shunite. Shunite. Those help us to detach from all of the EMF rays that we're, that we're subjected to and things of that sort. It, you yeah. know, it's, it is a, a different frame of reference to think of ourselves as energy beings uh, yes. and how we attend to our energetic needs than it is yeah. to be, oh, I'm a physical being and I have to attend to my physical needs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. Isn't it exciting? I mean, it's just to have this information and this understanding at this point in history, I have faith for humanity. <laughs> you know, if we didn't have this, I'd be like, oh, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> but I really believe in the power of people and the heart and light really yeah. is what I believe most in that love energy. And we, you know, just need to anchor more of it. I remember being 15 years old and I grew up in a family that was very not like me. They're loving people. I absolutely, that part we share, but all my thought processes and the way I saw the world, we were very different. And, um, my mom, was like, well, what are you going to do with your life? I remember this conversation, and I said, I don't know, but I am going to bring more light on this planet. Mm. And she was just like looking at me, like, who are you? And, I, and she probably said that because I heard that a lot in my life. Who are you? Mm. I just knew that that's why I'm here. And so mm. when I figured out the whole everything is energy piece, I was like, we got this yeah. because there's so many ways and everyone is so creative. So it's not like you have to sit for a half hour, an hour every day meditating. That doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. There are so many paths there. And that's what I love about my work is that every client that I have is so different. Every group of people that I present to is so different. And I can really look at this huge because I've been pursuing this stuff for like 35 years now. Um, so I have a ton of resources and tools and places to point people. And it's so great because there isn't just one way. It can be a creative process. Mm, in, indeed. Indeed. That's, that's what makes it alive for you. Is right? it, it calls upon you to, well, in life we cannot have a singular approach to anything. Uh, no. You know? <laughs> It, it doesn't work. I mean, people sometimes think the more children you have, the the more you know. But each child that you have, you recognize what you learned from the first doesn't apply to the next. You know, it's everyone. Everyone is unique. And we are so appreciative of that uniqueness. It seems yeah. that as a society, there's been a look to create conformity that is no longer in operation. That is not the status quo. We are not looking to seek to make people conform. We're seeking right. to understand people's interpretation of themselves and seeking to not and I don't uh, seeking to embrace that uniqueness of each and every one of us. And yes, that is that is the light. That is embracing the light. That is promoting the light. Is that it recognition? Is. Yes. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I, I find that the main thing I think that gets in the way of people 
realizing themselves and getting to those higher vibration is past trauma, like trauma that hasn't been resolved. You know, when you look around at our society, there's a lot of things that you can be traumatized by, especially, you know, kids these days. My son is um, a middle schooler, and this was his first year in public school. And the things he's come home with, I mean, like 12-year-olds being exposed to these types of things, I'm just shocked. You know, growing up, when I grew up, we didn't have the internet. And so, you know, you'd hear things from people, but you didn't have access to everything, right? And kids are so curious, and who knows how they're exposed, but it's still traumatizing. And most of us don't have tools to heal that trauma. That's one area that we, I think, have failed, or I don't want to say failed, but we've haven't gotten to a successful place yet, right? We have an opportunity to grow here. But um, during the pandemic, I realized just how much, I mean, we're still in it, but like in 2020, I realized how hard this was going to be for people. And I knew that there was going to be more trauma than there was before. And I was like, dude, there's so much trauma. Mm -hmm. So I went out and got trained in um, EFT, mm -hmm. emotional freedom techniques. And I also then got trained in matrix re-imprinting, mm -hmm. which is this system that takes us into the matrix. So Max Planck, the quantum physicist in the early 1900s defined the matrix as the fabric of all living things and that everything was in our head. It all came from the mind. Mm -hmm. And so this matrix re-imprinting takes someone into a, a past experience without re-traumatizing because we don't need to live through it again. We just need to clear the energy around mm -hmm. it and change the belief or decision mm -hmm. that we made having gone through it. Mm -hmm. And so we, I get to take people now into the matrix back in time to these places where there was like a small trauma or a big trauma and within less than an hour, we have totally neutralized that event. We've updated and re-imprinted them with a new belief or decision about what happened because their current self goes back in time as the guide mm -hmm. and is walking them through mm -hmm. this and helping them get the higher truth about what happened mm -hmm. from where they are today. And then what happens, because in quantum physics, they explain all time is happening now. Mm -hmm. And so with that, when we transform the energy around that traumatic event, it all moves through to today. And then it's magical, Roxanne. Mm. I have clients who come to me, like, for instance, you know, a lot of people are struggling with their relationships, interpersonal relationships, relationships with people at work. And so they'll come to me and be like, oh, this, you know, particular person, I think I'm going to quit my job. She's such a bully or whatever. We do this work because generally whatever's happening now is a result of something that was unhealed from the past that's showing up mm -hmm. in a new person, place, or situation because it wants healed. Yeah. So we take her back in that. She clears it. The next, that night, they're generally tired. Oh. <laughs> they sleep really well. That's the feedback I get. And then the next morning, 
the universe starts showing them confirmation that they've done the work. And this one woman that I'm talking about, she went into, she, we did that on a Friday. She went into work on Monday. She, they were told Monday afternoon that there was going to be a meeting about some changes that were happening in the team. Um, but they wanted to talk to her, the team first before they announced it company-wide. Well, it turns out this woman is totally not her boss anymore <laughs> and has been demoted and is on a process of leaving the company. And that all happened from just one session of that person changing and healing the energy around that traumatic experience that happened when she was 15. And this woman is now almost 60. Wow. And that, that is, that is just how profound it is for people to have the opportunity to reframe that experience. I applaud you for adding these to your already huge repertoire of skills to offer. And that is such an important thing for us to be aware that we can access you know, it, it's so true. You're saying that for her, that situation was, well, I just need to quit and go somewhere else. The problem is you take yourself with you. And whatever exactly. drew that energy into your frame of reference is going to be drawn again. But I love what you're saying. It's because we want to be healed. Too yeah. often we think of the experiences that we have as not in our favor rather than recognizing it's because and i've often said we have the only way to heal is from the inside out so sometimes it seems like we're almost wounded again with the same kind of wound but it's an opportunity to heal from the inside out yeah 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 pretty amazing huh very amazing Yeah, you know, I'm a Reiki master as well, and I've done that for years, but I chose to get um, these other skills and modalities because I want to empower people. You know, Reiki's great. I can work on someone and transform. I mean, I still have people that will drive hours to get to me for Reiki, and it's powerful, and they're participating in it somewhat, but this matrix re-imprinting, I mean, these people walk away feeling so empowered, like, oh, I don't have to live with this stuff, and I don't have to suffer anymore. And it's like, you think about if we're a sum of all our total energy in a day, and we're carrying with us, you know, trauma energy and unforgiveness and rage and, uh, you know, like, and we're just feeling victimized that already is pulling down the potential of our frequency. Mm-hmm. And it's making us work really hard to get to a place of okay. So what if, you know, you take some time to clear some of those things and now there are modalities where it's not painful. I mean, these people walk away and they, they're not in pain throughout the whole process. And it's like suffering is optional at this point, in my opinion. Mm, I love that. <laughs> I love that. But people need to hear that. People yeah. need to hear that. There, there, there's such a huge 
emphasis on identifying with the pain body and identifying Absolutely. with that me- message that suffering is part of what you have to accept is part of your life and, and you're more virtuous if you do. Yeah. There's a well, and that's a good reminder. So everyone go get Eckhart Tolle's yeah. A New Earth and read chapters <laughs> three, four, and five. <laughs> and know that he's coming to the Paramount Theater in March 5th. Eckhart really? Tolle is coming. Well, this is the third time they've re, re uh, postponed it, so I'm hope I'm okay. hopeful that it will actually occur then. But yes, oh yes, yes, it's it's so <laughs> it's so true that it's it's accessible, it's accessible so simply to have the ability to see things in a new light, and yeah. you know having practitioners. So you have mentioned a numerous modalities. But when, an appo- when a person makes an appointment with you, are they doing a little list? I'm coming here for Reiki. I'm coming here for this. Or do they simply make an appointment with you? How does that work? Um, well, some people just simply make an appointment because someone said, just go see Michelle. She'll figure it out. <laughs> Others um, come to me because they know they want something more. Generally, like there's something just not working in their life. They're really stuck. Or they just, they want to align because they really want to be more, have more of an impact. So when I send them an intake packet, I ask them for three primary focus. Like, what is it that they would like to see different after working together? And um, I work with people one-off. I work with people in packages of like three months because we can really make you a whole new person in three months. Um, you know, like your whole life will look different. Mm-hmm. And and then on my intake on the last page, I have a, I think I call it a life coaching menu. Mm-hmm. But I write down all these different things so that they it can help them maybe articulate mm-hmm. what they're looking for. Because mm-hmm. um, some people, like I, I have a client and it's um, a professional doctor man. And he... <laughs> And when he came to me, he's like, you know, my wife told me I should come to you, and um, but I'm not into any of this woo-woo stuff. And I was like, that's cool. Like, you know, you be you. I'm, I, I honor that. And then after a session, we talked a bit about the science because what's beautiful is the latest research is really bridging science and spirituality. Mm-hmm. And so that woo-woo really isn't woo-woo anymore, you know, and it never really was. That was just an interpretation for people who couldn't understand it but then on the second session he was like hey you know remember how I told you I wasn't into crystals or any of that stuff I'm kind of interested now (laughs) (laughs) so it's like I meet people wherever they're at I'm not pushing my agenda I really want to be of service and I've worked with people as young as seven years old Mm. this little boy is a shaman in the making I mean and he sent me the sweetest card after because his mom gave him a session as a birthday gift Mm. and he said this was the birth best birthday present I ever got and I I worked with people all the way up to um 88 wonderful the other question is your fees do people get to use any kind of insurance or is it just pay out of pocket and submit how does that work 
Yeah, my work is not covered by insurance. You know, hopefully one day, like the Reiki piece may, because I know some hospitals are using it. In a clinical setting, because um, I am part of the team at Eastside Counseling Center in Kirkland. So I'm their coach and one of their energy psychology practitioners. And um, I know that inside that clinical setting, we can sometimes bill for the matrix re-imprinting. Okay. But generally, this is out of pocket. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. It's just information yeah. to get out there. And then, totally. Of course, and uh, I really am committed to making my work available. So, like, when there's people that want to come to me and there's a barrier financially, we work through it. Because I'm about really serving. I know that, you know, the ones who come to me are the ones that I'm supposed to serve. And I don't want to turn anyone away. Mm. And if I'm not a good fit, I have a network Mm -hmm. of people that I can hook you up with. Mm -hmm. Because I'm really, I just want to support your transformation. I love that. Now, how are they going to get a hold of you? Give us your contact info. Well, they can always call me at 425-230-7799, and they can also go directly to my website at Everyday Alchemy, so that's E-V-E-R-Y-D-A-Y-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y dot love. I love that they came up with an extension dot love. I love it too. This is the very first time I've heard it. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. We have maybe a minute. Is there anything we didn't cover? I mean, can you believe it? I can't believe it. Oh my gosh. But if there's, we could talk for hours. uh, We could, we could. In fact, we might have to do a sequence of of a a program every so frequently. It's our, it's our Michelle Woodward tune up. Anyway. Well, if I can leave with anything, it's that if you are getting a nudge to change or to seek some sort of support, listen to it. Because the universe will give you little nudges, and then it will start banging on the door, and then it will literally kick your butt. Don't wait. And there is so much support. You matter. And you are loved, lovable, and loving. Don't ever forget that. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that message. I love having time with you. I can honestly tell everyone that I have had the privilege of having a session with Michelle. It was incredible. It was incredible. So I hope that any of you that this... I hope that this session has opened your eyes and quickened your heart and let you know that there's hope, there's healing, and there's light, and that we can all align with it. I thank you again for bringing that to us, and have a blessed time, Michelle. Thank you. And thank you, Roxanne, for doing this. This is such a gift to the world. You're just such a light. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.